This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today, I'm delighted to say, certainly for, for me the last time, it's our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pierce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you? I am okay. Refreshed? Uh, I wouldn't say refreshed, I'd say very tired. Just had, very tired. Yeah, just had three weeks off. Yeah, I've just had four hours in work or what hour, however longer it is. That's a long time, you know, when you've been off for three and a half weeks. You can turn your laptop on, yeah. Well, let's, you know, let's not go down that road. Hang on a minute. You've been off for three weeks. I've been rushed off my feet. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us, uh, it's uh, a small band of men and women because we've got Kiva O'Neill. Hi, Kiva. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Have you got over the fact James is leaving? I know you were very no, upset at the time. I'm still obsessed. Like <laughs> he's not gone yet. He's still there. He's still got another We've four, got, four and a yeah, half days to enjoy. All week, so I'm just gonna you know savor every moment, <laughs> every cup of tea because his, his teas oh, are I, so good. Did get that? I got the teas in this yeah. morning. I did to be fair, and to be fair, everybody listening to this will know I'm a regular critic of James's brews but he made a decent one today so typically after how many years 14 years yeah. is it finally learned how to yeah, make one yeah, for, yeah. And so last we, week yeah. now Kiva you have been here whereas me and James have not been here has anything of note happened that we should know about don't know well they do <laughs> um, yeah so obviously Liverpool have signed the Dutch youngster and that's probably been the biggest noteworthy news I'd say um, Sepp Vandenberg so He's only 17. We'll look forward to seeing a bit of him in pre-season training because he's going to be with the first team squad. So that should be interesting. Um, get a good look at them. And I'll be at Prenton Park, where I'm nice to you will, have, yes. a little, have a little nose you myself. Get a first yeah. glimpse of him, yes. He's also very ginger. Uh, now, one thing that has happened today, James, that Liverpool have confirmed that Marco Gruwich will be spending another season out on loan. He's going back to Hertha Berlin, or Hertha Berlin, to pronounce it correctly. Uh, he spent last season there. He did very well. In fact, he was... Uh, the departed coach, who's, I think he's got weirdly, I think the coach that was there last year has now gone off to coach the youth team and the under-23s coach is now in charge. But the coach from last year said, in all my time here at Berlin, I've never known a midfielder as good as Marco Grewich. And they certainly like him. And there were a, there were a few clubs in for him uh, that, in the summer. Yeah, basically wanted to take him as well for next season. But he wanted to go back to Hertha Berlin. And Jurgen Klopp, for, for what we're led to believe, he's quite happy for him to go there as well. Yeah, I, th- I think it's one of them moves that just make sense for for all parties really I think personally I'm glad that Liverpool haven't sold him I think there's some talk a few months ago that you know I think a bid maybe in the range of 15 20 million they would have thought about uh, a permanent deal but um I, I really like Gruwich and I know you kind of feel like the clock's ticking a bit for him because what he did 23 isn't he now but you know he he did kick on massively at Hertha last season you know they clearly loved having him he loved being there um and yeah, I think I think it's just one of those that you know he'll benefit his development from playing there regularly in the next twelve months, and then it's kind of a win-win for Liverpool. Because I think if he kicks on as they hope he will do, then in the summer of twenty twenty, may well come back and compete for a place in the Liverpool team. If he doesn't, and the the, the thought is that uh, it's too big a leap to expect him to, to to force his way in, then you know Liverpool are going to be in a strong position to command a, a decent fee for him. And I think you know when you think he only costs five million quid from Red Star Belgrade, and I think Liverpool have already recouped that now in in loan fees from him, you know, another two million off Hertha for this coming season, potentially another half a million in bonuses as well, with you know guarantees about playing time. Um, so yeah, I think. On a number of different levels, this is this is this is one that uh, that makes a lot of sense. Here's a question for you, Kiva: Have you actually seen Marco Gruwich play in the flesh? Um, possibly. 
Not that I can recall. Maybe did he play Tramia that time? I think he might I think have. He may in the friendly, yeah. I in think the friendly he may that played, pre-season yeah. when he was quite. Yeah, I think it might have been his first when he scored the header. But, but you're not the only Barcelona. only Liverpool fan or match going Liverpool fan who's never seen him play because and he's 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 played so few games and I think we worked it out before is that he's actually in the Premier League. He's played less than sixty minutes his entire time at Liverpool in the Premier League, which is ridiculous, really. That is bizarre, but you know I think this is probably the best move he could have hoped for. I don't think he's breaking into that yeah. team next year um, for the next season. So you know he's familiar surroundings. The here for Berlin fans absolutely love him. You know the manager and I think the owners have been quite vocal about how much he loves him. I think they've labelled him the best midfielder in the world at some point. So you know they'll be happy to get him back for another loan, and he's going to be you know the heart of their team, I think. And, you know, we'll get to see a little bit more of him and he'll push on then. And, you know, he'd be thinking this is his sort of, it is probably his last chance to sort of be in Klopp shop window almost. You know, he's got to impress this season to be kept on a further. And as James said, I wouldn't have liked to see him go because what I have seen of him, I haven't seen much in the flesh. But, you know, you've seen bits and bobs from him. He looks like a really talented uh, player. So it would be a shame to lose him now. But, you know, he's he's got a loan loan deal to look forward to and we can we can assess that come next season Well James he was obviously Klopp's first signing as, as Liverpool manager back as you say back in January 2016 and, and Klopp obviously got a lot of faith in him because he you know, he identified him brought him in and he's quite happy to let him go on loan certainly to, to Hertha because he knows that he's going to be playing the Grouch will be playing in a position that he, he likes that he wants to play in He's going to be getting regular football. You mentioned then about guarantees of Liverpool of sort then, but I think they, they should be okay. It's not like, say, the Ryan Kent situation at Bristol yeah. City where, where they were penalised because he wasn't playing there. And also, it, it's you know, it's the Bundesliga. People forget, you know, it's, it's the German league. It's a very, you know, it's one of the top leagues in Europe, certainly top three, I'd say top three, four. The standard there is, is good. And if he's making an impact there for a second successive season, you can see why there were so many other clubs who wanted to take him on loan. Yeah, I think well, Eintracht Frankfurt were in from as well, and then Brighton. Werder Bremen and Atalanta as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not surprised because he, whenever, whenever I've seen him play, you know, I've, I've always been really impressed with him. You know, he's big and strong, picks a pass really well, decent shot on him. You know, he, one of the, he's, he even. Even when he was young and he was getting some game time at Liverpool before the loan spells, you know, he, the physical side of English football, no, no issue for him whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that because usually by the age of 23, clubs have kind of made their mind up about someone, haven't they? It's quite old for to kind of still be in that position. But I think I think it shows that the club still thinks he, he does have a chance, and I can I can see why because. The, the problem for, and it's not just for Druich, but, for, you know, you'd probably mention like Wilson and Kent and Ojo and all those players, is the bar is set so, so high now. And when you think back to, you know, the, even, you know, not going back that far where, you know, you had, you had people like Suso and Andre Wisdom and people like that making 15, 20, 20 odd, 25 appearances a season. It's just not going to happen now. You know, you're not going to, you, you know, you've you've got to be so good to even force your way into contention for the squad for for this coming season. So, um, yeah, Gruwich will know that he's going to have to go and have a really big season um, in, in the Bundesliga if he's, if he's realistically going to kind of launch a, a, you know, a, a Liverpool career a bit belatedly. But, um, yeah, I still think he's got a chance. Is there an indication then that the way that Jurgen Klopp obviously decided this is going to happen is that by giving him the chance to prove himself for next season, that you're looking at the likes of perhaps time is coming up for James Milner 
you know, I'm just picking a name off the top of my head, you know, Adam Lallana, players like that who perhaps are coming towards the end of the, the time at Liverpool rather than the beginning that you could say someone like Fabinho and Keita because there is so much competition in, in that midfield area, especially for a, a young player who's trying to make his way in a in a foreign country. I mean, it's an interesting point that when he went to Cardiff, Gruwich, you know, Neil Warnock, you know, loved him and he helped get them up get them promotion and yeah, they wanted yeah. they wanted to take him and then Liverpool said no we wanted to move him on another level and the fact that the Hertha straight away were yeah we want to take him so every club that he's been to they've been desperate to keep hold of him because they've seen over time when he's been playing that what he can do yeah yeah and I don't I don't think it's even just the playing side of things I think he's also a really really nice lad you know and I think that's that, that says a lot about him the fact that everywhere <coughs> he's been out on loan they've been desperate to get him back not just because of his ability but what he, what he's like around the squad what he's like in the dressing room um, you know, he's a very popular figure at Melwood and I think that kind of all all adds to it probably for you know when Klopp's weighing it all up you know am I prepared to to kind of cut those ties and give up on him no because you know he's probably not going to be of, of massive use to Liverpool this season when you look at the competition in, in those centre midfield roles. But you're right, you know, in 12 months' time, um, you know, Milner will be out of, uh, well, if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't sign an extension yeah. this summer, you know, he could potentially be out of contract then. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it, it's just, you know, I think it's shrewd all round the way that they've come to that agreement. Now, Kiva, there hasn't been any Premier League football, obviously, for a while. Champions League is over. Liverpool have been have been on a break, but there has been some football that's been ongoing. There two, two, well, there's been a couple of uh, uh, major international tournaments, but the two, the two bigger ones, being the African Cup of Nations and the Copa America. I mean, the Copa America has been probably the most boring football tournament in the history of football tournaments. I think there's been about two goals in the entire time. But over in the African Suarez Cup, crying again. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he missed a penalty, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Colombia went out without conceding a goal. Which Did is, they just draw every game nil-nil or something? I think they won games, but they just didn't concede. And then they got beat on penalties. Which well, was like, well, three, yeah, three of the I four, think they didn't yeah. have a shot on target, did they, against Uruguay? Yeah. And ended up knocking them out well, on, three, on three of the four quarterfinals were nil-nil. It's just like, come on. It's supposed to be I think it's that sort of time of the seat, like the end of the season, and obviously it's gone into the summer. And these players have been, you know, I know the professionals and the, the fit, obviously, but there's that time where it comes and they do start to look a little bit leggy maybe and they do need a bit of a break or do the minds go a little bit I don't know the Copa America is quite prestigious isn't it to the South American team so you'd think um, they'd be, be a more, bit yeah. yeah but you know um, I think Salah had the same problem as well I know he scored a fantastic free kick didn't he uh, for Egypt but in the first couple of games, I, didn't, I think he scored in the second one, did he? But the first one, he just didn't look, he looked a bit out of sorts. And I think that's, you know, because of what a, a long and, I mean, glorious season with Liverpool. But, you know, obviously it would take its toll on anyone. It took its toll on me, let alone these players. <laughs> and I went running around for 90 minutes every few days. So, you know, um, it, it's just hard because they're on at different times. I feel like we'd you'd want to watch them more if he was but obviously they're in different countries Egypt and Brazil respectively so it's hard to sort of watch so you end up seeing in the morning just little clips obviously of Salah's free kick and little things obviously Firmino missed a penalty but Brazil managed to to go through anyway Um, and I think do they play this week is it Wednesday? Brazil-Argentina isn't it? Yeah Yeah, it's that Wednesday so that should be I mean I will be trying to tune into that whatever time that is because 
maybe then it'll just switch on because it's Brazil and Argentina, which is, you know, massive, isn't it? Well, that'll be done and dusted this weekend, but the African Cup of Nations, James, just seems to be going on for quite some time. It only started about, was it 10 days ago? Last possibly? year, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and it doesn't finish till, I think it's the next to last weekend in July. So if Salah or... or um, Mane yeah. and we'll mention Cater in a second if any of them get to the final they're not going to be linking up for Liverpool possibly until literally just before the Premier League season starts because they'll need a break as Kiva has said they've been playing football non-stop Forever. almost like for like the World Cup last year and they didn't get much of a break after that either did yeah. they? Yeah I mean obviously Liverpool were grateful weren't they that the Africa Cup of Nations got moved to the summer because to have lost them in, in January as they had done in previous tournaments would have absolutely killed Liverpool um, was but, that part of the reason why they probably signed? They were quite happy to go with Cater and Salah because because they knew they knew, they, they was, they getting, knew was getting moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like, just them. There's no, been other I teams it took, as well. It took away that almost you know, one of those things you had to weigh up, didn't you, when you signed African players? The fact that you would lose them at that you know a critical stage of the Man season. Come back injured, didn't he, from the last? Yeah, yeah, well, and, yeah. And I mean, that, was ruled out of some games when he wasn't even. He'd been retired from international football, hadn't he? Because he had that dispute with Cameroon. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, there was a lot of hassle attached to it, wasn't there? But um, yeah, it is, it is ridiculous how when you think by the time Salah, if, if Egypt do go all the way to the final, you know, it's, it's essentially twelve months solid, isn't it? From when uh, from when 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 he when, you know kick, kicking things off, and then even when he didn't really get much of a break last year, did he either as well? No. With you know, I know he had the, the shoulder injury on the back of the Champions League final, but then. Egypt rushed him back into the World Cup, and um, so it'd be interesting to see how Klopp does play it, especially with Mane and and Salah. And, you know, you're not we're not going to be seeing, you know, anything of them in obviously in the warm up games, and you know, you wonder whether, you know, they're probably you know, could, could be coming back just around the kind of Community Shield time, I, I imagine, and then you just wonder whether, you know, there, obviously there'll be another international break in September before we know it, um, and I just I just wonder whether there will be. You know, if if Mane and Salah go deep into the Africa Cup of Nations, there might be a situation where Klopp decides they will play in those early weeks of the season on the back of a very short pre-season and then almost start their pre-season again during the September international breaks. Because I think I think there was one last season when there where Salah had been excused from Egypt duty. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's some similar situation again, maybe with, with him and Mane like that, because you know, Klopp will be... You don't want to, you, you know, with the margin for error so so small now. If you're going to launch another challenge for the Premier League title, you know, you you can't be saying to those two, you know, don't worry about it. You know, have another two three weeks and get yourself, you know, absolutely spot on for the end of August. Liverpool have got, you know, they need that need them on board from from Norwich at home onwards. Now, Kiva, that brings us on to Naby Keita. Uh, obviously, there was the big hoo-ha about six... In fact, it was two months ago now when he, he got injured against uh, Barcelona. Jurgen Klopp came out and said, look, he's going to be out for two months, which means he's out for this season. He's, he's got to miss the African Cup of Nations. And Guinea, his country, were not very happy with uh, with Mr Klopp. They, uh, they had to go back. What did he say? Tell him to pull himself together or something <laughs> along those lines, didn't he? Uh, which uh, wasn't exactly complimentary. But it turned out that whether or not he's been rushed back or not, he did feature in the first game substitute for Guinea I think they did they draw they drew with Madagascar didn't they and then he played against Nigeria 60 minutes and and then against Nigeria he lasted 70 minutes I think it was then he went off with thigh and shin I mean I didn't see the game but by all accounts he took a bit of a battering off uh, off, off some Nigerian midfielders he got a few few knocks a few bruises but we've found out today that he's actually gone back to 
Melwood, or he's on his way back. He may even be there now, but he's on his way back to Melwood for treatment and to, to get his injury looked at. There's some suggestion that a Liverpool doctor had a look at the injury before the game against Nigeria at the weekend. He didn't play, but Guinea won. That means that they're through to the knockout stages, which begins on Friday. We're not still not sure what day they're playing on, but it's a bit of an odd situation, isn't it, where a player who shouldn't really have been there from what Liverpool were initially saying has turned up, played, got injured. Now he's back with Liverpool and it's almost like Liverpool are expected to assess him and treat him and then send them possibly back. send him <laughs> yeah. back to possibly get injured again? Look, it's, I think it's a difficult one because, you know, obviously he's proud to play for his home nation and, you know, it's such an honour to probably play in the African Cup of Nations for Guinea. He's the captain, you know, he's, he's, the, he's the star of the team, isn't he? So for him not to play would be really difficult probably you probably want to be there anyway but you know there's that thing as well where they have definitely rushed him back because you know he's barely featured and when he did you know they brought him off and he had an injury and, and then didn't play in this game so it's a bit of a weird one now if he comes back to Melbourne gets assessed and he say oh yeah I can't see them okay in it now because I know Guinea need him and he it must come down to the individual as well he must be saying look I want to I want to captain my nation in this but I think Liverpool have got to make a big decision there and say, listen, you know, you, te- you what we're going for next season, we we need him first. And he was he was so good in the past few months. He just sort of, it took him so long to get into it. But then when he started playing regular games, he started slowly proving himself and, you know, settling into the Premier League and obviously the Champions League as well. And, you know, that was a big, a big blow to lose him the way we did um, against Barcelona. But I, I feel like, it's it is a difficult one. I wouldn't like to see him go back and then you know miss like so many months of the start of the season because we're, we're going to need him. Yeah. And then it's like you've let players like Grewich go and stuff like that. You know you don't know what this could what effect this could have on him. You know, a simple injury could then be you know if you keep playing on it or so. I mean he's in the best hands. Liverpool have got the best medical doctors and stuff like that. So. You know, it'll be interesting to see where where he goes next. I'm it, sure. it is hard, isn't it? Because these players, you know, you can guarantee Kate will be under massive pressure to to keep playing and to go back. And because you know, he is to Guinea what Salah is to Egypt. You know, it's you know, kind of I know, you know, a lot of Liverpool fans don't have much time for international football, and you know, and and, and, and rightly so when you look at but how the players do, don't they? Yeah, That's the, the thing. I mean, yeah. it, it means so much to the players, and especially you know, for a nation. Like Guinea, who you know just qualifying for the Africa Cup of Nations and and getting through is a you know a massive massive deal and so you know he'll feel you know he will he's basically torn isn't he because you know he will have I'm sure Klopp and Liverpool kind of saying well no you know if you're not 100 percent you really shouldn't be putting yourself through it this could have a detrimental impact on next season you know you had such an amazing spell before you got the injury against Barcelona you know you this is this is your time now to really come back and kick on. But then, you know, how many voices has he got in his head from from back home and from the from the from the Guinea camp saying that we need you, we need you know you're our star man, you, you know you you're our talisman, you've got to get back out here. So, um, yeah, I mean, personally, I hope you know obviously Liverpool don't have the the jurisdiction to be able to say, you know, they can assess him and they can make recommendations to cater and to Guinea. But you know, essentially, you know, he's Guinea's player, isn't he, during this international time. Um, but yeah, you just hope that common sense prevails and that he, he doesn't play any further part in the tournament, really, because clearly, you know, Liverpool ruled him out for for two months, you know, for a good reason. You know, you know, obviously as it was, you know, he healed quicker than than anticipated. But 
there's no doubt that his problems now they, they've got to be linked to the fact that you know he it, that everything was rushed the rehab was rushed and um yeah I, I hope that common sense prevails and he gets to put his feet up for a few weeks having said that is there a player who cannot afford to be missing from the start of the season more than cater jay simply because of the way things happened last season as as Kiva said he ended up finishing quite strongly but it took him a very long time to to get used to the pace of things everyone forgets he actually started the season last season didn't he he was, he was in the yeah, starting yeah, line for the first couple well, of games yeah, yeah. but since then obviously Fabinho's come in you've got Oxlade Chamberlain is back you've still got Milner Henderson and Juan Alderman and Alain will be, will be knocking on the door so there's a lot of people there in midfield they'll have a chance to certainly some of them will have a chance to prove themselves over the summer and if Cater is in any way, you know, sidelined for because of what may, might happen to him with Guinea, he's the one player, isn't it, of all of them that needs to be available for himself more than anything else. Yeah, 100%. Because I think also there's only two spots available, isn't there, really, in that first choice midfield now? Because I think Fabino was so good in the second half of the season that you know, I don't think anyone's getting close to that, you know, taking that number six role off him. So it's, it's just those two roles operating ahead of him effectively and then you think of the form that Henderson was in you know the, the season that when Aldham had you know Milner it doesn't show any signs of, of slowing down um, and you're right you know with Oxley chamberlain you know he'll be obviously Oxley chamberlain be one of the first back at Melwood you know he'll be there I think July the 6th this Saturday they start back and you know so he'll be you know on an absolute mission from day one to prove to Klopp that he should command one of those two spaces so that yeah you're right the last thing Cater needs is effectively patch, getting patched up, getting getting himself through the Africa Cup of Nations, then coming back late, then not being fully fit and not being able to do himself justice. Otherwise, he's going to be on the fringes, you'd imagine, for the first couple of months of the season. So um, hopefully he, he factors that into his decision-making. But it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because he, I'm sure you know he must feel you know really, really torn between club and country. I mean, Keith, the one chink of light out of all of this is, although obviously Guinea were very angry with Liverpool a couple of months ago that they have allowed him to go back to Liverpool and Liverpool to look at the player and if we're led to believe check him before the game as well there's at least this relationship there's a dialogue between between both parties that they're trying to do something that's you know the best for the player but also for themselves as well they're not just being totally selfish about it by the sounds of it yeah, I mean, there seems to be a conversation at least happening for him to have travelled back. It's better this than him just being injured and them keep sort of keeping him in the squad and hiding these facts from Liverpool. You know, it's important for, for them to be an open book in, in that terms. But I think, you know, just come back to what James said, it is, it's worrying for him as an individual because it took him so long to cement that place and then that sort of got taken away from him through his injury. And now, you know, he's going to be, if he doesn't come back, you know, straight, maybe will miss the first couple of weeks of the season. But, you know, that could even do him down. And he's going to be so low down the pegging order when players like Alex Oxley-Chamberlain's going to come back fired and ready to go. And, you know, it'll be, you know, it's great for us because there'll be that competition there and they'll all be fighting for the places. And that's, that's great for us. But, you know, you wouldn't like to see him then on the sidelines for into December or you, you just don't know how it goes so hopefully you can you know get fit before the start of the season and make make the right decision The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo Now James Liverpool sold somebody today didn't they for nearly £20 million 
They did, yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you got oh, yeah. there in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, that, did they? Yes, they did. Yeah, yes. yeah. In terms of, the, I guess, the paperwork being done. Is, yeah, Danny, yes. Danny Ings, yeah. uh, completing his move to to Southampton. So yeah, that was um, obviously that was all boxed off at the the back end of last summer. The initial one month loan, but with the you know there was there wasn't it wasn't an option to buy. It was it was um, nailed on. So yeah, eighteen million uh, guaranteed, a further two million to potentially follow. Um, in add-ons and you know I think again I think you'd, you'd have to say that was one that you know, 12 months further down the line looks like a good deal for all parties as well I think um, you know decent amount of money for a player that through no fault of his own wasn't really able to ever do himself justice for Liverpool I think um, you know obviously the the injuries cruelly curtailed his progress and then by the time he did get back fit you know as many players have found the bars set that high that um, you know, I think he he knew deep down that he wasn't going to get the game game time that he that he craved, and you know, he's, you know Southampton seemed to seem to love him. He, you know, he helped pull them away from from trouble in the back end the last season. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, Danny Ings goes from goes from strength to strength down there because he uh, again, you know, someone who I don't think I've ever met anyone who's got a bad word to say about him. Kiva Danny Ings gone for. 20, up to 20 million then. Dominic Solanke went in January for 19, so that's about 40 million pounds. Now we know what Liverpool are looking at this summer. We, we know we've been led to believe that there probably won't be a lot of business going on, but do they still have scope possibly for getting a striker in or do you think Liverpool have got enough there? You know, I know we've been talking about this for months now, but you've had a little bit of time to reflect on it. You know, Divock Origi's obviously finished the season strongly. Klopp has a lot of time for, a lot of faith in Rian Brewster, wants to give him his, his opportunity. But with... You know, Firmino still in the Copa America. We've mentioned Salah, we've mentioned Mane. There's every chance that the, the normal front three won't be anywhere near fully fit for the start of the season. So there will be opportunities. And is there perhaps scope for Liverpool bringing in a striker? There's that thing, isn't there, where you know, we're not going to maybe have the front three back for a while together and it's spending money on a player that might just play for them first few months and then get knocked out the side for the but rest of the season. that could make all the difference, couldn't it, for, for Liverpool in terms of the, the Premier League? Because they've already said, John Henry said, didn't he, that the Premier League's going to be the main focus for the forthcoming campaign. So if they are going to put, not all their eggs in that basket, but they are going to, you know, it's weird, isn't it, when he said it, actually, because they were thinking, hang on, Liverpool got 97 points. How much more concentration can they have on the yeah. Premier League? Um, but you kind of you know what he's trying to say there. So it will be the priority. So... Should they be bringing an in striker? Because it could still be somebody who they could then rotate out of the team, give the others a rest during the course of the campaign as well. I think, yeah, if it doesn't upset the apple cart, because I think, you know, Origi, what he's done for Liverpool, you know, we've spoke about it time and time again. Um, all the goal, important goals he scored towards the end of the season. Um, I believe you've called for a statue. Yes, I have. <laughs> the fans want an update now. Um, it's still, well... We've just discovered a wasp nest in our shed, so plans are on hold. Have, until... you, not, have you not moved house? That was not my yet. recommendation. Know, That's what you should do. Yeah, yeah. But we're working on it, and then I'll I'll bring you an update. But yeah, um, <laughs> getting Wigfield in for the for the opening ceremony to sing Saturday night. So that should be good. You're not um, old enough to remember her, surely. Yeah, actually, this is interesting. My sister was born on a Saturday night, and in 1994, and what was number one? Saturday night. Uh-huh. So she's well, having a baby this week, was, was it and it's a baby really? girl. So I'm trying to convince her to call it Divic, but <laughs> I don't know if it's like a girl's name. I or suspect we that just... might be a losing battle, to be fair. But, I mean, it's a sign that she was born 
on a Saturday night, a Saturday night, and now <laughs> I you, have, you have managed to give me the, the politician's answer. They're not actually answering my question. I think so, did, should, should yeah. they bring? Should they keep? Should they bring in a strike? Yes or no? If the opportunity is there, I'm torn because Harvey is like a fan where you just want, yeah, just bring someone just in, stockpile them, yeah, yeah, just bring them all in, buy everyone. But then at the same time, I know how the club are working now in terms of transfer policies. You know, they've been there's been a suggestion that they won't be spending big this summer from what they've done in previous summers. We seem to have that team there now, that bulk. But obviously, these key players are going to be missing for the start of the season, so there is a worry, you know, that we won't. And we know that we lost the Premier League by a point, so we know how val- how valuable every single point is going to be. But I think Origi can step up again and it'd be nice to see Brewster because, you know, as we've said before, I haven't heard as many good things come out uh, of the club in terms of how, you know, happy they are with him. And it just I think it'd be good to, to get a look at him and see, you know, if he can have a little bit of an impact and, you know, he could be this season's last season Origi if that makes sense so who knows but yeah the fan in me says just go and buy someone but at the same time you know we're going to have these the the deadliest and best front three in in world football to come back so you know do you still have an answer it's yes or no I don't have an answer (laughs) (laughs) no I'm going to go with no you're going to go with no thank you I'm going with yes James I think Liverpool definitely need a versatile attacker. Yeah. I don't know if it necessarily well, say a, a, forward, yeah, a forward, a forward, yeah. yeah. Someone who could play, you know, in, in different positions across that front line. I, th- I think that the squad's definitely short of that because I think you only have to like. And Liverpool are very lucky, and it's not. It's not. It's, it's a degree of fortune, but it's also you know just how robust the players are. But Mane, Salah, Firmino just miss so little football, don't they? But you know, and obviously, touch wood that, that continues, but. Is it really re- realistic that they will play fifty games each again this season? I don't, you know, you'd have to say the law of averages suggests that one of them will get a, an injury that keeps them out at some point. But and then and then you're in the realms of well, is the backup of sufficient quality to ensure that Liverpool the, the standards don't don't drop at all? And you know, obviously, Origi, you know, had a you know an unbelievable season in terms of the moments that he had. But I still think he's got a lot to prove in terms mm. of delivering it on a consi- consistent basis. Week in, week out. Yeah, yeah. If suddenly, say, Liverpool lost Firmino for a month, you know, is Origi going to really, you know, dominate games and, and lead the line in the same in the same kind of way? That's the challenge for him. I think. I think kind of on the after the final, there was some suggestion that you know Origi's future would definitely be sorted this summer. Either way, with only a year left, now I think Liverpool's attitude is. Well, no, he's definitely staying this season, regardless, and the, um, they seem pretty confident he will sign the contract that's on the table. But if he doesn't, they're willing to, to take the risk of losing him for for nothing the following year. So I think he'll definitely be around. So, um, but Brewster, I mean, I think the worry for me with Brewster is people are expecting too yeah. much from him because it's it's crazy to think he hasn't even played for the first team yet, and there's been so through again not through any fault of his own because you know, he hasn't hyped himself up, but. Um, there's been so much talk around him, and obviously, you know, he jumped jumped into kind of into the public consciousness on the back of winning the Golden Boot and winning the Under Seventeen World Cup. But um, I just think the, the amount of football he missed as well—they missed like 14 months with those. You know, he had knee surgery, had ankle surgery, and you know, apparently he looked absolutely great in training in the back end of last season. But it's still a huge, huge step up, and so I think is he in a kind of a similar situation to Solanke because Solanke had that entire season where I think it was an entire season where he didn't play because he was the contract dispute with Chelsea, yeah. and then he 
was the was he the top scorer at the under twenty World Cup? I think it was. He yeah. certainly won some kind of a whether it's I think it was top scorer, wasn't it? So I think Bruce, then, Bruce Bruce is a lot more talented, I think, than Solanke. Mm. The different mean, type of player, obviously, yeah. different type of striker. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, there's a lot more excitement around Brewster than I ever heard around Solanke, and I think Solanke was just it made sense for Liverpool the the, the price in terms of the compensation they could get him for. And you know, as, as well, it turned out, exactly. Yeah, it's know, brilliant, you're brilliant piece of business. Yeah. To get an ISA that gives you that kind of uh, return <laughs> on your investment. Um, but yeah, Brewster's. You know, definitely from the people that have worked with him and coached him, regarded in a much, much higher bracket. But you know, it's still, you know, he's still unproven at, at that level. And um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see. I, st- I still think Liverpool need to go and get a versatile attacker just to give them more depth. And you know, and, and also factoring into the mix the fact that it probably is unrealistic to think that Salamane, Firmino are going to be flying from day one this season because I just think the way their summers have gone. Um, you know that's just completely unrealistic. So that's two on the vote was cast. Liverpool will well, try and sign a striker now. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I don't feel like they will. Do you know? You get yeah, that that's feeling. Another, that's a different question. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't you think So that's where yeah. I'm just yeah. being a realist and being like, no. But we've kind of been in this situation a few times, haven't we? Where well, even you haven't mentioned like Shakiri in... there once either, have you? And he obviously yeah. played on the on the wing for, towards the end of the season, Barcelona, for example. Yeah, yeah, and you know certainly Klopp trusts him more up there, doesn't he? Then mm. he doesn't seem to trust him particularly in as as one of the yeah. two more central yeah. in his own half midfielders. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the reality is Klopp doesn't, he's not interested, is he? And A, just stockpiling players for the sake of it and B, short-term fixes. You know, even you go back to, what was it, the back end of December when Liverpool had a centre-back crisis, wasn't it? And there was talk then about, you know, would they get someone in, you know, just, just to help tie them over. And Klopp was just like, no, I'm not going to sign someone just for a month. You know, I'd rather just find, you know, I'd rather play Fabinho there and... And, and find a solution if if needs be, rather than he likes um, that though, doesn't he? He likes finding the solutions. He, yeah. he treat, treats it a bit of a challenge, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think he generally just quite like quite a small, tight knit squad, doesn't he? I don't think I don't think you know financially Liverpool are in a position where, of course, they could go out and and spend big money this summer. But um, I just yeah, I just I think I think Klopp looks at it and goes, well, how am I going to improve? That starting eleven, yeah. I'm probably not going to be able to in terms of the players that are available out there, and and then the challenge then is if you want to improve the squad, how do you get players in at acceptable kind of reasonable fees who know that they're only going to be squad players and and you know I think he he kind of he puts so much kind of emphasis on the the, the unity and the camaraderie of the group as well that he wants you know he wouldn't. You know, it's it's just not the way that he would do things to go and spend massive money on someone just just as a you know that's there just in case he's needed. If um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been you know obviously like most people when all the noises were coming out of Liverpool towards the back end of the season, I think Klopp was quoted himself as saying, you know, don't think, don't envisage spending on anywhere near the same scale as last year. And I think you know, people thought, oh well, you know, of course he would say that, but you know, when we're when we're now what five days away from the start of pre-season training and you know the only one in the door is a is a teenage Dutch defender with one eye very much on the future I think it shows that you know Klopp actually uh, meant what he said Right let's talk a little bit about Pep Guardiola as he would sound if he was from Manchester which he isn't but uh, James he's been speaking a little bit about Anfield hasn't he and he he's, he's 
effusive in his praise of the old stadium, isn't he? <laughs> he certainly was, yeah. Yeah, in interview with um, a Catalan media organisation. Um, I think mainly from what I could deduce, looking back on, I think he was quizzed about Barcelona's humiliation <laughs> at Anfield in the, the semi-final of the Champions League second leg. And um, Before we go any further, do you still feel like I feel that Liverpool have not got enough credit for what they did that evening? Yeah. I just do not think people have realised what actually happened then. Yeah, yeah. The, and, I, and also, I think you factor into the mix the fact that I, I, a lot of neutral fans have heard moan about how crap the final was as yeah. a spectacle, as if like that should somehow do down the achievement. I'd be like, I think Liverpool have given the neutrals enough entertainment en route to the final yeah. to forgive them. That I mean, they, they won 3-1 th- just... at Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah. They won 4-1 at Porto. Yeah. Or, I think or we, we won the final yeah. at Anfield almost. Yeah. I saw yeah. somebody wrote something that's saying that you won the final, well, Liverpool won the final against Barcelona by beating them and then the final was the equivalent to keeping the ball in the corner and just playing up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know who wrote that, but I saw that. That was quite good. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I watched, I hadn't seen, there was a video going around on, rounds on Twitter last week actually that had the, I think it might have been the five live commentary. Oh, yeah, I've seen so it, yeah. It was, the Ian, De- um, Ian Dennis, Alan Shearer. Yeah, yeah. yeah Alan was, Shearer's just completely lost yeah, it, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just when you think you've run out of content. Yeah. 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 There it comes. Never enough. Just pops up onto your timeline and then yeah. you're back in the zone Keep again. Keep it coming. <laughs> the, um, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it has got, you know, that that was... Well, yeah, well when think, you consider the two we mentioned, like Liverpool might have to do without certain players for the start of the season, they were without two, weren't they? That was Salah and Firmino weren't playing in that game. Yeah. And there was no cater either. And it is funny, isn't it? Because people love to love to do down, you know, the, you know, like the, the knockers. They always say, oh, it's a myth," you know. And then you get you get the like, away fans, don't you? You know, singing, you know, "Where's your famous atmosphere?" and all the rest of it. And uh, and then you know, you, the fact of the matter is, Guardiola, who you know, as anyone will know, throughout last season, you know, was absolutely paranoid for long periods about Liverpool and would always have little little pops and moans and gripes and finger pointing and all the rest of it and you know there's no love lost is there between those between the, the two clubs but um yeah you know, i think the, the ultimate compliment for him you know essentially saying there is nowhere better in world football um and he said you know, i think he said uh, you know it's it's not some marketing gimmick this is anfield you no know, he said it's i think one of his best quotes was it, he said when that ground is like it can be it makes you feel small and it just feels like the rival players are all over you and um yeah, Barcelona was the the epitome of that, wasn't it? Because I think, yeah, you're not. I don't think, I don't think we'll ever see a better night than that in our no. lifetimes at Anfield. I'd be absolutely. I don't really know how you. Well, could, how how could how you do you, it? How it can seven nil down can. against who? Yeah, Real Madrid. I just with with only with yeah. the under twenty threes available. Every, every, just it was everything, wasn't it? It was like just that was like if you could have detailed even the, the times when the goals came and everything was just perfect wasn't it that balance between taking risks but not being ridiculously gung-ho every you know big player stepping up and delivering you know and and to do it without two of your best players to do it on the back of Barcelona having had the weekend off Liverpool having had an energy sapping night up at Newcastle just just made the achievement you know all the more magnificent have you got over it yet Kiva no, and I was just thinking then, like, it hasn't really sunk in the whole experience of watching that at Anfield and then going to Madrid and watching that. I feel like it was, it, will it eventually just be like, oh yeah, that happened and I don't know, it's just the weirdest thing that, you know, we are champions of Europe and, uh, you know. Well, it's not that weird, they've done it six times now. No, fact, I know, but it's still, it's still hasn't sank in, it still hasn't sunk in. 
in 2005, it felt the most real thing that had ever happened because of the way we won it. But this just, obviously it felt like, you know, well-deserved, but it just doesn't, like that night at Anfield was just so, so special. And, you know, obviously the final was never going to be like that, but then it was so special as well because that's when we lifted it. You know, that's when we actually, you know, won it. It just, just unbelievable. Like James says, every, the way everything just happened, like, you know, the corner, which will be spoke about forever, but everything just seemed to be in the right, just, it, it all just come together, didn't yeah. it, in the right moment. And, you know, it's something that, I think we probably should just like put, we should have had a longer break to the final. I know it was long, but just longer, like six we, weeks. We could, and, we could not have had any longer to the <laughs> final. we would have maybe we, gone we, over we, it more. And then like, would, 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 we'd ran out of things to write about by the time <laughs> the game came along. But then maybe it would have sunk in, but I don't know, just magnificent to think we you know we are the unbearables now and people will be annoyed because you know it's all we're ever going to talk about until you know the next thing which is the community shield the chance to lift trophies they keep on coming don't they in the next mm. few months when you think wait it's so long for one and then we're going to win the them all now shield, the, the super cup that you know you'd have to say Liverpool start as big favourites to to beat Chelsea in that and then do you not think they might I wouldn't say chuck it, but you might think... They, I know we're looking a lot further ahead now, six weeks off, but there will be, like, the Community Shield will be games where they go, we're just going to treat this as a friendly because okay. of the games that the players who could be missing. Yeah. Because it'll think... form part of the plan, won't it? They'll have, they'll have it all mapped out. They'll go, right, we're going to go for this. I mean, not saying yeah. they're going to chuck the games, but no, they won't I... go 100% first-choice team for these. No, I, I think the Community Shield, I don't... I, you know, I, the, the Super Cup, he'll definitely go absolutely yeah. full tilt at because he'll be desperate to win that. But, yeah, I don't... The Community Shield, I don't think it's realistic at that stage when so many of the big players probably will only have just reported back. Liverpool aren't going to be anywhere near full strength, are they? And I don't think... You know, I know like City suddenly started counting it as a trophy, didn't they? Once it was going to be the quadruple. <laughs> the yeah, They were still in the Champions League and then like they suddenly decided they were still going for the quadruple after they'd gone out of the Champions League. And obviously Mourinho decided he was going to start counting it as a major honour, didn't he, as well? The, the, uh, I think, it's I think you, United you fans, it, because they took over us then in the all-time major yeah. honours, so they were like, yeah, we but won that. But. I'm not having it. I don't think... I think it's just a glorified friendly. It's, well, I'm pretty sure... I if, quite if, like if, the if days if when Liverpool, you just shared it if it was a draw. Yeah, if Liverpool if Liverpool's win it, you'll be jumping up and down and yeah, whatever you sat for that game. <laughs> the, um, the interesting thing for me would be how Klopp... I know it's obviously a long way off at the moment, but how he treats the World Club Challenge. Because I think, I think that is going to be a massive headache for him. And it is all a bit bizarre because I was speaking to someone at Liverpool last week who was saying they still haven't actually officially been invited by FIFA to play in it yet. And it's like, you know, they only found out kind of secondhand that it was definitely going ahead because like most people, they thought in the process of this rejig that it wasn't going to happen this year. Um, So, you know, and that is... That is far from convenient in terms of where it's plonked as well. Was it like second week in December or something? Are you looking at what? a week, eight or nine days or whatever in Qatar. It's, you know, the travelling thrown in. And I know it's only it's only two games, I think, isn't it? Do you, I think the European champions go through to the semis, don't they? Yeah, they play, the, um, they play on the Wednesday or Tuesday and yeah. the finals on the Sunday, yeah. But it's it's kind of like how much, you know, that the knock-on effect in terms of, well, how, how much in advance of the game do you go out there? And it's all right to say, well, you could play a weakened team in the first one and then potentially, and you know, it might be, I don't know, the, it might be the Oceana champions that you play in the semis or something and then you maybe only need a, a really strong team for the final but then it's still it's still not great is it and especially with it being December at a time when um, you know you've got that, that festive period so soon after you come back um, 
so yeah that or you know you you it's that that will be a massive dilemma for him because how how does he balance that up you know liverpool have never won it you know i'm sure he'd love to be the first liverpool manager to do it but it's um you you i'd worry about what repercussions that would have for your your domestic form keep a final word to you then it has been exactly a month since liverpool won the European Cup for a sixth time, which you believe is a bit weird. Are you? Are you? How are you feeling about the whole thing now? Have you come down yet? I know that you were very, very emotional. Shall we say in and around the game and for the days and weeks afterwards? Yeah, now I, think, month now. I think like any fan, you know. But like I've just said, it still doesn't feel real. And then there's still new content emerging and new things that we didn't know. And like the weekend, I wrote a story about Sadio Mane jumping into the big pitch sort of decoration, just jumping on top of it. And you know, these things keep sort of you know coming from all. I think that was maybe French television or something. So you know, I think it's just amazing and there's a dvd else isn't there so i might buy that and see see where it goes from there just uh watch watch uh barcelona back to back and then the <laughs> and then the final that'd be a nice oh. way to spend a saturday night and of course it'll help you get over the imminent loss of james pierce yes which is you know have you just been I trying to ignore the, that yeah, i know bit. you were genuinely upset because you do regard him as your journalistic god he is he is a god this is not a joke by the way James. everyone this listen is, this everyone is genuinely what you think isn't it that yeah. he is a god and um yeah he might be signing his autograph for me before he leaves <laughs> sign the program yeah, yeah I'll, be getting, like, a, the I'll get a selfie with him and then print it out and like bring it to him and he can sign it and i'll frame it <laughs> right, that should do us, do us even. Uh, if you want to, you can contact us on social media. I'm at Ian Doyle Sport. Kiva, you are? Kiva Sport, but it's spelled C-A-O-I-M-H-G, Sport. James, you're leaving, so I'm not going to promote yours. Um, <laughs> Got you too also, many followers yeah, anyway. Exactly, yeah, yeah. If any of James's <laughs> followers yeah, wants to follow us. Yeah, that, his, would be, that would be good. Absence. Certainly good for our long-term prospects yes. anyway. Um, you can also follow us on the official accounts at Liverpool Echo LFC or visit our website at liverpoolecho.co.uk slash LFC. And on that bombshell, I'd just like to say, James, I'm not going to be here on Friday because I'm going down to London to get a visa for some trip that I'm going to. Will you be back, uh, back for the leave and do? I will be back for the leave and do, yes. So uh, this is our last podcast together. We, we we even took it abroad at one point. We did. We did, in which you lied massively about Coutinho. Yes, you did. Lie. You know you did. No, you know I gave an impassioned <laughs> defence of why Liverpool should not bring him back. Which was completely against what you actually no, believed. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I would not have him back. I still would have him back. No chance. Made his bed, let him lie in it, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's been a pleasure working with you. Thanks very much, Ian, and the same to you. And I'm sure if you'll have me back, I'm sure I'll be back in as a guest at some point if they haven't changed the locks. Well, or, or they've just got rid of the podcast. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Can let's we get, be honest, can we get some honest. like slow, like violin, sad music just <laughs> played get, in the background to this whole Friday, podcast? Then? You get that sorted for Friday. No, Cheerio. for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.